Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And we are going to bring you an exciting topic today about sugar. So many of us love it and so many of us have a problem with it and many of us are wanting to know what to do about it. And this show is uh, something that a friend of ours, a, a patient and a friend of ours that are, is here locally brought to our attention um, because of diabetic issues. She is wondering about artificial sweeteners. You know, in an effort to get people healthy, sometimes uh, they quit a bunch of the bad foods they're having, but then they will drink things or put things in their in their drinks that are unhealthy and honestly just as bad for them as eating wrong foods or worse. Yeah, so Dr. Lewis is going to help us through the fluff and <laughs> BS for belief systems about what's good, what's bad, what options do we have, and how can we get ourselves back on track. And I think it falls a little bit into his uh, blood sugar uh, podcast that we did a few weeks ago. So maybe he can kind of link all of that together and give people a better understanding of what's happening with their health. So, Dr. Lewis, would you sweeten the pot for us and tell us all about it? Well, that's been my issue for years, too. Uh, um, many times people say, well, it's it's my genetics. And what they're really saying is, I don't want to take personal responsibility. And I thought sugary, you know, sweet stuff was, you know, my mother's fresh-baked warm cookies when I got off the school bus. So, you know, I had that psychological link to mother's love and sweet stuff. And she said one time, back when she's about 85, she said, I'm so sorry, honey, I didn't know sugar was so bad for you back then. I said, well, it's not like I'm overweight and diabetic. And uh, I'm going to leave that there. But... uh, one of the things I want to talk about before I even get into the, you know, different types of artificial sugars, I hear a lot of times people say, well, alternative medicine really doesn't have any medicine or any evidence uh, to back it up. That's entirely false. And that's why many times I will mention research and how it comes from, you know, well-respected institutions. You know, and this mantra is kind of, I think, perpetuated by those who don't want the competition. And the competition would be, uh, I guess they're afraid of it, is the chemical approach to health care, which would be big pharma. Uh, there is plenty of evidence, massive amount of evidence, that complementary or alternative medicine is a really, really good thing to do. And Janet and I were, you know, always into it, but we were kind of blown into a new reality when we went to China and saw how they've been doing it for 5,000 years. And it was extremely, extremely rare to see anybody that was overweight, even though we watched them just wolf down massive amounts of rice. And it was the white rice. You know, brown rice is much better for you just because it has more of the B vitamins. Um, most of the things that are poo-poo in natural medicine is because of political and economic reasons. And money talks, and there's nothing wrong with money, but it needs to be made, in my opinion, you know, honestly and doing what's best for, for the public, uh, by and large. One of the best 
ways to and a simple way to determine whether or not you're having a problem is the old waist circumference uh you know the beer belly uh, it's probably a simple and but maybe better indicator but it's at least very very practical you know they say a man with a waist circumference over 40 inches is at risk or a woman over 35 inches it's not really that simple because it depends somewhat on your body build and somewhat on um uh, you know how how tall you are i would say but uh i think i'm fat and i'm in 34 jeans i think uh 33 when i'm not overweight so a lot of people say well your jeans are too tight well are is that a j e a n s or g e n e s your jeans really and truly only drive about 15% of obesity and insulin resistance. So when they say, well, it runs in my family, well, is that genetic or is that the way you learn to eat incorrectly? And I think that's probably more true, that we learned bad habits. So you, you kind of have to take personal responsibility. And yes, there may be genetic tendencies, but you have more control than what me, most people believe. Most people actually have an addiction to refined foods and mostly sugar. I talked about that the other day about lack of zinc and how that changed the way that you tasted and led to fewer vegetables, which led to lower zinc, which led to more sugar, you know, to satisfy the taste buds, so to speak. So then we have these other type of people that come in and they're going to exercise their way to health. And, you know, I hate exercise. You know, I don't get that endorphin rush. I get tired. Now, I don't mind being busy and being active. I enjoy that. But your good diet and supplements are like several times more uh, important than whether you exercise or not. And again, I'm not saying be a couch potato. You need to be active. And if you like to exercise, for goodness sake, keep doing it. But the good diet very, very much trumps the obesity genes, so to speak. Um, God, I'll get into the sucralose and aspartame in a minute. I'm just kind of sort of on a roll. The number one educator of what we eat is the big food companies. And even Kellogg said at one time, we do not apologize for putting sugar in our cereals. Uh, the reason people think fat is a bad thing is because the sugar industry tried to destroy fat and turn people's opinion against fat. That actually started back in the 1950s, at least to my knowledge. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I tell people, think for yourself and if you'll notice the media, they say something long enough and loud enough, people begin to pick up the same verbiage, even though it's wrong. And I see this in a lot of different things that's not diet-related. Just because it's repeated thousands of times, folks, you do have a brain. You can think for yourself. A lot of what they're promoting on the news is not real. And I said a long, long time ago, how many of all these crises, crises that they promote have ever come true? And the answer is none. So how many of these manufactured crises 
do you have to see fall apart before you say, bull, I'm not believing it, and I'm not going to get in an uproar? Folks, I'm, I'm here to tell you that you can be happy, you can be healthy, and one of the easiest ways to be happy is put a lot of effort into being, you know, you got to put effort into being healthy, but it's makes you a lot happier when you feel good. So you, you've got to put a little work into it. So, you know, just be, be aware. And, and some of these kids coming up today, they have ADD, ADHD, because your mom was eating a poor diet that actually adversely affected the brain of the fetus. So the child doesn't really stand a chance in, in some ways because they grow up with weight issues because her brain's been programmed because the mother was eating incorrectly. And it goes beyond just taking a good prenatal, which we have that, but uh, it the maternal obesity, so to speak, has uh, it, it really increased the risk of insulin resistance in childhood obesity slash diabetes before they even turn nine. So, you know, be careful about the processed food. Learn to eat more correctly. And that's why when this sweet lady wanted to hear about the artificial sweeteners, we thought, well, that is kind of brilliant because this particular lady, I've known her and her husband for probably 30 years uh, she puts a lot into her health and uh, of course we appreciate it she trusts us to help her with it and her, her life and the lives of her kids are blessed because of it so there's good artificial sweeteners and there's bad i think if you're going to do sugar do sugar don't do high fructose corn syrup but we need to do less of it well one of the big ones you know that people hear about is, is uh, aspartame mm. Um, you know, when you say, well, don't use aspartame, most of them are going, I'm not using aspartame, so it doesn't pertain to me. But that's in brand names like NutraSweet, Equal, Spoonful, Equal Measure. It is actually one of the worst things that you can do for your health. They have, um, the aspartame accounts for over 75% of the adverse reactions to food additives reported by the FDA. Yeah, people think they have a food allergy and it's an aspartame allergy. Or maybe, you know, you say it's gluten and it may be glyphosate. But, yeah, you need to get aspartame the heck out of your diet. Yeah, and it's not just in what you're drinking. I mean, you obviously pour that into your tea or whatever to sweeten it you know my mother would do that she would use sweet and low for the longest time and she'd she'd make a little mound on top of her tea and and then she'd start going my mind's just not as good as it used to be and I thought huh do you think it has anything to do with that little mound of white stuff you're putting on the top of your tea and she eventually stopped it and her mind got better but there's a few of the 90 documented symptoms listed in the report as part of an aspartame danger are headaches, migraines. So, you know, you guys come to us with a whole lot of these problems. I thought I'd read them off. It may not have anything to do with uh, you needing another nutrient. It may simply involve getting rid of aspartame out of some of the things that you're having. Um, dizziness, seizures, muscle spasms, nausea, numbness, fatigue, depression, vision problems, insomnia, anxiety attacks, tachycardia, irritability, vertigo, memory loss, joint pain. And so many people go, well, you can't sleep at night. Maybe 
Maybe you're doing something that has aspartame in it. It could be that simple. We have trouble figuring that one out because there's so many different possibilities. And many times it's hidden in foods you never think about. Um, I don't know. Aspartame, I think, is the worst. But I don't think sucralose is, you know, much better. And it's certainly not good. Um, I used to do agave nectar. And that's probably not really a good choice. And one of my patients, Carl, says, well, why are you doing agave nectar? It has more fructose. I said, yeah, it does. But for some reason, it doesn't spike the blood sugar as bad. But I think that's still a bad choice. Of the artificial sweeteners that seem to be acceptable stevia stevia is probably the best one and we've tried different ones some are much more tasty than others uh it actually may help uh have anti-diabetic properties and then uh xylitol is okay in very small amounts but it does have a tendency to keep you from having eye ear nose and throat infections but xylitol should be done very judiciously and keep it away from your pets it's very toxic to them but stevia just just find a brand that you think is uh more palatable because some are definitely better than others but you can overdo that too right i mean oh, yeah I, and, and i'm saying that because we have people that you know we do low-cost lab work and we'll see that they're three-month blood sugar is elevated or extremely high and so we tell them some stevia all all Honestly, you really need no sugar whatsoever when you're already diagnosed with that. But it always seems to be the ones that have high sugar that are looking for a sugar somewhere to start with. And uh, we'll tell them a little bit of stevia. And then they're like, how much stevia? And and you're always going to do too much. So cut it in half and then cut that in half. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Uh, And people say, well, what about honey? I said, you've got a, a, a blood sugar problem. Honey's not a good idea. And me being a beekeeper or maybe an ex beekeeper, I'm not sure. Uh, it's hard to keep them dead gum things alive, and that's because you're poisoning the world with, you know, all your, not just glyphosate. So we're doing that to us, too. So they're hard to keep alive. And if you're going to eat honey, that's great. Go stop on the side of the road and find that old man that's selling honey and buy his honey. The stuff you get out of the supermarket, about 75% of it's cut with massive amounts of high fructose corn syrup or rice syrup. So don't buy it out of the grocery store. Buy it local. Um, yeah, it does help allergies. But again, if your if your blood sugar is high, you need to just leave it alone. And you'll notice, yeah. you know, we recommend a product called Diaxinol because if you're craving those sugars to start with, it's generally because you have yeast or something like that that's saying, "Hey." I need some some sugar, need which, some sweet. Which means you need more probiotics and we've we're getting more and more different probiotics that are really working incredibly well. We're we're you know, we can't keep the weight loss probiotics on the shelf and actually we're working on another weight loss probiotic. So, you know, you've got a lot of different uh options that are coming up and people are getting some really good results and let me go for just a second, you know, about well, alternative medicine has no evidence to back it up. Well, diabetes, high blood sugar, uh, it's been associated with increased neurodegenerative diseases of the brain, such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. That's from Journal of Neurology. This is not Dr. Lewis's opinion. This is the real research. 
and people say they're doing research. No, you're reading crap on the Internet. Half of it's wrong, and you don't know which half's wrong. Uh, read the real research, and you and don't just read the summary of it. Read the whole thing. Uh, what we eat is actually affected by our intestinal flora. That goes back to probiotics. If you don't have the right ratios of the good ones, they crave the bad stuff. And that's what Janet was saying just a little bit ago. Uh, diabetes worsens colitis. There's all kinds of uh, inflammatory problems going on there. If you have high triglycerides, for example, that's a form of the more toxic fats are higher in people that have blood sugar issues, diabetes. And, and that's from American Journal of Cardiology. Okay, real people. High glycemic index foods, which are foods too high in refined sugars or the simple carbs that turn to sugar very quickly, decrease your HDLs, which are the good uh, part of the cholesterol. That's the protective cholesterol. So don't eat the high glycemic stuff. And that's from Journal of Archives of Internal Medicine. So yes, alternative things that we practice have great amount of evidence to support it. And it's not necessarily an alternative, but it's certainly very, very complementary. And it's interesting that you mentioned earlier sucralose as well. You know, I just don't want people thinking, hey, you know, I'm not taking any of those kind of packets of sweetener, like she said. But sucralose, which is actually the other one, which is Splenda, um, which is that, is also very detrimental like dr lewis said they actually did some um, uh, some studies on it that said that sucralose should carry a big red warning label as it kills your beneficial gut bacteria and accumulates in your fat tissue so that's what he's saying it actually can kill your good probiotics so while we're over here giving you probiotics and you're using splenda packets they're saying as little as seven of those Splenda packets may be enough to have a detrimental effect on your gut microbiome. So if you're trying to get well and you're spending money here and you're going, hey, I don't understand why I'm not making better progress, check those diet drinks and see what's in that because diet does not mean weight loss. And it usually tricks your brain into putting down, f- depositing four times more fat than straight sugar. Now, that's scary. Four times more fat. Folks, if you're overweight and it says diet, stay the heck away from it. It's not good for you. Start eating real food again. Um, They've actually linked sucralose to liver, kidney, and thymus damage. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, um, (coughs) and And it also raises your risk of type 2 diabetes. So... I can't, and I, and I'm dancing around this because I have people that are on, you know, the the main drugs because their A1C is so high, like metformin. And we're not going to change your drugs. I'm right, a chiropractor. Right. I'm definitely not practicing medicine. But but they assume that because now they're on this medicine to get their blood sugar looking better, that now they're going to get really healthy and start drinking these diet drinks, trying to keep their sugar down, and sucralose actually raises the risk of type 2 diabetes diet drinks or even light beer you know don't even go there that's why you see obesity and most every one of them are drinking a diet drink drink the real thing you're honestly better off with real sugar than you are these diet yeah that's that's true and 
Uh, most people that are have the diabetic tendencies slash obesity tendencies, they lack the enzymes required to make all these conversions. And then people, I, I had this other day, they said, but I'm taking flaxseed oil. It's like, well, you know, if you if you have that insulin resistance, diabetic tendencies, you don't have the enzymes to convert flax or borage oil. Uh, sugar really shuts down the enzymes to convert fats. And that's why we have all kinds of different enzymes. And I've had people say, well, you know, I've had this cyst and it's gone away. I said, well, it's probably the enzymes. Who knows? But you need to do that to prevent the neuropathies that occur. And, you know, that's usually pain or numbness in the extremities, hands or feet. But if you tell a man, well, you're going to lose the feeling in your hooter, you better start eating right. Then a man will generally eat a little bit better when he thinks he's going to lose his sensation of his male parts. And they've actually found sucralose is not just in drinks, uh, but they, that's one of the flavor sweetness that's in electronic cigarettes. Uh, it, it, it varies, and, there, and it's not listed. It's in some of the prescription drugs. They don't even put it on the label. So, you know, you're, it's really sad that it is in so many things, and, and a lot of people are unaware. You're really gonna, going to have to start reading the labels. Right. You know, and I know Janet mentioned the diaxinol, and I've got an open bottle right here. And when I take one before lunch, I eat much, much more differently than I do if I don't take the diaxinol. It really makes my cravings go away for the bad stuff. And you know what we've noticed different is where uh, before we started doing nutrition, I, I would always have to have a Dr. Pepper every morning because it's like I had to have that pick me up because my adrenals were so bad. I didn't didn't know it at that time. And as we got healthier, started doing the probiotics and started doing things for blood sugar and killing off yeast. You have a Dr. Pepper now, and it's like, it don't even taste like what it used to taste like when I was having it. And it's really hard to get one down. You know, then they try to supersize you, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Who who needs that? But we have we have grown so accustomed to... Oh, I need more of it because it's feeding off of each other, all of this yeast and bacteria. And the real answer is taking things like diaxanol that help level out the blood sugar and, and correcting the gut micro, microbiome. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of different nutrients that, that help with that. You know, even brewer's yeast, but that's because it contains chromium, which is covered in the diaxanol. Magnesium is incredibly important for everything. You hear us talk about magnesium. But uh, it's always low in diabetics, and, and there's some research that says it's very possible that it helps prevent uh, the calcium deposition in the arterial wall. So the magnesium could possibly uh, decrease uh, heart issues because it puts the fire out. Then manganese, nobody ever talks about manganese. It's always low in diabetics. Zinc, coenzyme Q10, vanadium. So all of those can make a big, big difference. Uh, certain herbs that help, like garlic and onions, you know, that's easy to do. But you should always do that because it helps with things like sulfation, which is a, a detox pathway out of the liver. So many things here. And also, you know, you know, putting all these things that are by sweetening their stuff with, they're going, she ain't mentioned that one yet. Someone mentioned agave. Mm. Because that's the other one that people use. They think that it's healthy for them. Yep. 
and you you know about high fructose corn syrup and you know how bad that is for your health so people that are were doing that switched over to agave as a safer natural sweetener however most agave is actually worse than high fructose corn syrup because it has a higher fructose content than any commercial commercial sweetener so that 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 that's let me interject there Yes, that's absolutely right. And I chose agave for a little while when I was making the transition. And I, I knew it was higher in fructose, but uh, the high fructose corn syrup is full of mercury, too. So I chose more fructose rather than the the mercury in the high fructose corn syrup. They're both equally bad. Cyanide or arsenic, you know, choose your poison. They're both bad. <laughs> uh, and keep your babies off of apple juice or different juices because if you give your baby an apple juice, it's like... 30 apples a day, but it's just the sugar and not the fiber. And the fiber, of course, feeds the probiotics and helps to eliminate that glucose spike. That is a good point because a lot of people, when they find out, oh, I'm diabetic and I better not you know, eat any of this bad grains and stuff, I'll just start eating a bunch of fruit because fruit is so good for you. Well, you have to start thinking about you know, here in America, we are very fortunate because we get anything we want, anytime we want. But if you really look back in the olden days, the fruit did not grow in certain regions all year round, all the time. And it wasn't hybridized, so that it, it's much sweeter now because of they hybridize it. Right. So is that a good term? I guess so. Sounds good. <laughs> So basically, we're eating all this fruit all the time, and we weren't made to eat fruit year-round. And the only ones that we've really seen people get by with on lab is strawberries and cantaloupe. Pretty pretty much. And people say, well, monkeys and gorillas do fruit. I say, yeah, but they're swinging from the limbs 20 hours a day, and they're incredibly strong, but they're way more active. So unless you're as active as a chimpanzee, you shouldn't be eating fruit all day long. Well, yeah, so there you go. So there's lots of people who are like, oh, I just eat fruit all the time. I was like, well. Dr. Lewis just called me a monkey. I I can't wait for that letter. (laughs) Uh, We do have a question I want to address before you continue on here uh, because it probably fits in really well with what we're talking about. Carl asks about what are probiotic vegetables. So can we eat our vegetables in a probiotic instead of taking a probiotic. Well, it's it's better. I mean, you know, you hear about sauerkraut, and that's just cabbage that's been fermented, and you can ferment all kinds of vegetables. You can actually do that to fruit, too. If it's fermented, it's going to be good. And, you you know, you heard the podcast where John brought me the kombucha and, and the scoby. I don't really know what to do with it. I've tried to make a couple of new scobies with specific probiotics. I'm not sure that's working real well. I think I may have to have John to you know tutor me somewhat but uh yeah you can you can ferment vegetables for a greater variety if you don't like the sauerkraut and it's a really good thing i would suggest people don't just take whatever comes out of the air to ferment that stuff i I suggest that people get a starter and again i'm trying it with some of our bacterial probiotics and with our saccharomyces which is a yeast I don't know how it's going to go, but frankly, I'm, it's probably because I'm not smart enough to know what to do. So apparently, Big John knows a lot more. Than Johnny's just looking for you to come back over and help him again. So well, I kind of like the guy. He's fun. <laughs> um, 
He's well, spiritual inspiration, too, and that's one of the things that's missing. We've got to have a reason to be doing all this stuff. And for those of you that are new to this show, you know, there's no need to guess at what's going on, whether you have a blood sugar problem or not, or you're drinking these diet drinks and you're thinking, I, you know, I just don't feel so great. Maybe, maybe I have a blood sugar problem. Uh, we run labs so that we're not guessing, and we do it across the United States. It's very low cost. It's local to you. We use Quest or LabCorp, and uh, we send you there. Dr. Lewis reviews your results. We do 12 panels for inexpensive amounts, and Dr. Lewis actually goes over your lab with you complimentary. So um, stop guessing. There's a three-month blood sugar on there. There's a glucose, which most of you know when you go to the doctor – Unless you are a diabetic, you're not getting a three-month blood sugar. And if you asked for that three-month blood sugar, now it's on your record of, oh, you think you are a diabetic. So now your insurance knows about it as well. So because we don't do insurance, we can run whatever we want, and you can know whatever you want, and you get an opportunity to fix whatever you want. So you can get as healthy as you would like without the guesswork. Yeah, I, I just got, what's it called, preferred premium something right on some life insurance because I take this stuff and they said, I can't believe you're your age and you don't take any drugs. I said, well, I do. It's called caffeine. But other than that, I don't. He actually took the product we're talking about this morning, diaxanol, right before they drew his lab that morning. He hadn't eaten and he thought, well, I'll just really make sure my sugar looks great. It wasn't cheating. It okay, wasn't. I was fudging a little bit. And, and his glucose came in at Really, 60. at a 60, yeah. it was really low. I was about to crater. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, but the stuff works, So, and that's the products we use. They're professional grade. They actually move the lab values, and he made sure his moved so that he got better rates, and we actually have people that do that to get better rates. Yeah, insurance agents send a lot of people here to clean up their blood, but always remember, you know, we, we're a nation that has a lot of knowledge, but we don't necessarily do as much as we should. You know, doing the right thing is always right, but it's not always comfortable. So in the end, it'll always bring you peace of mind. So go through that discomfort toward health. Remember, what you speak is what you're going to get. Uh, You really can tell what a person's going to do. If they speak one positive thing and three not so positive, they're going to get the not so positive. So there's... Yeah, there, there's this thing, thing I like. It's called you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. That's actually out of Proverbs. Just saying you can speak your way into being healthy, happy, whole, and complete. That's awesome. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. If you are one of our patients, please share this with others so people know about us. We would love to help more people. New listeners, go on our website, greenwisdomhealth.com, fill out the health survey, and get started today on your road back to health. And put down the diet drinks. And we'll be here next time on the Green Wisdom Health Show. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope in your health is only beginning. If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.